0: Hello, it's Jack Brister here from Wedding Industry Wisdom, I'm joined as always
1: by Chris Piercy. What was that? I just got bored of saying um, hello. Why can't you just be a normal human being? Because um, I'm not. I'm um, um, Jill, Jill says our voices are out of sync, so that's a great start. Um,
0: it seems okay, from what I can see on Facebook, on my laptop, it seems to be working okay, but maybe that's, it might catch up, or I don't know, something might happen, it uh, might be okay in a minute. It
1: feels like a normal, perfectly fluent conversation at the moment, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so what are we talking about? You came to you came
0: to me about five minutes ago, maybe ten minutes ago, with a topic you wanted to talk about.
1: Yes, so... Um, this is one of my. Do you want to go on with that then? Yeah, this is one of our brilliant. Um, we we did actually have a plan, um, and then I thought of a better topic. So we'll probably still talk about the other things, but um, I want to talk about the importance of uh, this time of the year because I think that a lot of wedding supplies coming into the end of September, where you know weddings are starting to become a little bit further apart perhaps you know maybe they're only one a week or a couple a week or something like that as opposed to the summer where it's you know as many as you can fit in and I think a lot of suppliers just go all right cool put my feet up now I actually think that the next two months are probably the most and that and January are probably the most important months of your business year thoughts on that
0: uh, I am inclined to agree, and that's not just because you told me to agree with you. Uh, <laughs> the, the thing is, is like this is like we've just come out of wedding season, or you know, tail end of wedding season, and everyone wants to go. Oh, I can relax; I don't have to do anything now. But that is when you start to get behind, and that's absolutely not what you want to be. Obviously, you don't want to be behind because that's when you start to lose, really. Um, so, staying on top, and in fact, growing your business at this point in time is pretty much the ideal time to do it if you want uh, in my opinion
1: yeah i th- i think i um i do agree entirely because i think that right now you should be thinking about the level of business that you want to have when you cross into the start of 2020 so i think a, a really nice goal to have as a wedding business is to say to yourself right on the first of january 2020 what, how many thousands of pounds of bookings do I want to have in the diary? You know, how? How many? What number of bookings do I want? Or you know, there's the only two like metrics I can actually think of that you'd actually go for with this particular thing. But you know, do you want to? Do you want to be going into the? Or maybe as a percentage? Um, do you want to be going into into the year with your yearly goal? Fifty percent of the way there already. Um, I think that's a, a nice way of looking at it, and the bookings that you get for next year are going to be made in the next couple of months, so it isn't the time to let, like, rest on your laurels and go, oh it's end of wedding season, feet up it's the time to go, right, it's the end of wedding season time to now crack on with you know, everything for the next uh, the next year, because otherwise you'll be in June next year going God, Dari's looking a little bit light um, and um, You know, it's not, it's really difficult to play catch-up in this industry. It really is.
0: Yeah, and the, the, because weddings are planned 18, 20 months in advance. So, you know, you want to make sure that you are ahead of the curve. And a a nice goal that I always try and set myself, and this is something I got, uh, I can't remember who gave me this idea, but someone mentioned it, and it was to go, it wasn't you, it was someone else. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Spencer, actually, Mm. I think, Spencer Wood. Uh, for those of you who know who he is he uh, said he always likes to go into the new year so come into January with um, all of his expenses paid for for the year so he goes in, so if he had over the course of the year ten thousand pounds worth of expenses you know to cover your mortgage uh, car petrol all of it, and then obviously a business cost as well if that came to ten thousand pounds fifteen thousand pounds whatever it might be. He wants to make sure he's got at least that amount of money in terms of confirmed bookings going into that year, so he knows all his bills are paid for. Um, yeah, and then he tries to. Then it gives you more freedom to then attack your goals going forwards, rather than feeling like you have to kind of take whatever's coming in so that you can cover your your uh, your basic fees.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a nice way to look at it as well. Just having that kind of that baseline, that bottom line covered. Can, can you hear screaming children? I can hear your screaming child, yes. Yeah, she's not very well, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm have not on dad duty at the moment. So, because I've been on dad duty with having that screaming in my ear all day. So, uh, <laughs> plus a hospital visit as well. Or two, in fact. So Lucky you. Yeah, great. Perfect. So, in terms of what you should be doing at this time of year, what... What are the sort of things that you think should be being looked at?
0: Uh, so one thing for certain is this is heading into wedding fair season. Yeah. So you want to be making sure you are ahead of the game and you've got your wedding fairs booked in and you're ready to go. And that is why we brought out uh, last week our wedding... Was it last week? Yeah. Wedding in, uh, Industry Wisdom's course on wedding fairs to make sure you can uh, connect with people, converse with people and then convert people into booking you hence the name Connect, Convert, Converse, Converse, Convert, sorry. Uh, so that's really important in in my opinion is that you have your wedding fairs sorted and you are prepared for them because something that I always used to do, I don't do so much anymore, but it's something that used to happen a lot is that I would get to, I know I have a wedding fair on the Sunday and I'd get to Monday and I'd go, right, what do I need to do to prepare for that wedding fair when you're better off to be preparing it two weeks, three weeks, a month in advance if you can, um, so that you make sure you are able to be as effective as you possibly can at that wedding fair. Yeah. So that's something I would certainly be looking at. And this is uh, something, you know, another thing that you might notice, and this is something I notice a lot because of the nature of what I do, and I imagine photographers might have this, and people who are providing a service there at the day and are there for the guests is that, a lot of people will ask for their business, your business card or you know, something like that, try and have a chat with you because they're planning a wedding themselves. And that, you know, that happens fairly regularly doing what I do and you know anyone who's client-facing and uh, customer-facing will notice that as well, I hope, providing you're doing a good job, of course. Um, so you'll get that. You'll hand out your business card or you'll talk to them about whatever it is you tell them to get in contact with you and you won't hear from them. <clears throat> you won't hear from them because they are probably... If they're attending one wedding, they're attending two, three, four other weddings in that time. So you, are, plus they've got their job to think about, plus they're planning their actual wedding, and they've got all these other things going on. So they don't really think about you who are not always the priority uh, until the wedding fair season and in inverted commas is over, and most of the weddings they're attending that year are finished, so that they now actually have the time to focus on you know getting everything that they need to get sorted sorted. Uh, so I
1: noticed that a lot. I don't know if you've you've noticed that in the past, Chris. Yeah, I, I think no, I, I mean you just rambled on for a long time then, so got, got slightly disinterested at some point. But you know, you uh, go no, but I, you know, I you know. <laughs> no, I, I do I do find I mean, I have actually had a um, a wedding supplier contact me this week, funnily enough, saying um, I'm getting married in November. It's all a little bit last minute because I've been so busy with wedding fair season. Um, are you free? And I happen to be free because it's a Saturday in November and it's the last one I got free. So um, the stars aligned on that one. But um, yeah, I do feel like this this is the perfect time of year to be doing all the things that people think they should be doing in January. I think that people come into a new year saying, right, um, I'm going to, do some. New, I'm going to do a new website um, this year. I'm going to do a new uh, bit of marketing material. I'm going to put my prices up, and it's always I'm going to put it up next year. I don't know about anyone else. I don't know about you, but for me, I find January is my. I get most bookings taken in January than any other month, because it's. Yeah. I think that couples come into a new year and go, "Oh shit! It's this year we're getting married." Remember, I think, like two or three years ago. I, think I took eight bookings in the first three days of um 2016 or 17 whatever it was people just went oh and then you know a whole flood of inquiries come in so if you're trying to i mean and i made the mistake in of in 2015 rebuilding my website in january thinking oh january's a quiet month like being an idiot um so <laughs> and now i realize that actually this is the time to be doing that sort of stuff so right now As I've mentioned before, and as Jack well knows, I'm sorting out my uh, wedding brochure that's going to go out from all the wedding fairs. Um, I'm going to be having new business cards as well, just to fit in with the new website and the new kind of, not new, the brand tweaking, um, I think we'll call it, rather than... The refresh. Refresh is a good expression. Um, And, yeah, it's the perfect time to actually, and I'm also changing my, my packages as well. Um, because basically, I I've got sick of my bottom package um, that I don't want to get booked for anymore, so I'm now just getting rid of it and then removing that and putting a more expensive one on top of the of the stack. So um, it then I think, or I'm hoping, it might then lead to more of my new middle package bookings, which is my old top package. Did I explain that well enough?
0: Not really, but I, I, so I kind of get what you're talking about. You're you're trying to get your favorite package booked more, and by doing that, you are tweaking the order and the shape of your packages yeah. in order to get your, your preferred package booked.
1: Yeah, because at, at the moment, people tend to book my middle package, um, but my, everything's been kind of shifted up one, so my, the middle package will now be my current top package. So, yeah. Basically, the silver package has gone out the window, so I no longer have a silver package, and I'm having a diamond package at the top, so I'm hoping to get more platinum packages booked um, as a result of it, but having said that, I have got quite a few platinum packages booked for 2020 already, so I don't know, but it, it just felt like the right time, because not many people book the bottom package anyway, and every time I got booked for it, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> I was Like. "Really?" If it doesn't, and that's
0: the thing, is if it doesn't fill you with joy, then why are you doing it? Because yeah. we do this, you know, we're in this industry because we love it. If we didn't, you know, if we didn't love it, we'd go get a day job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you need to make sure that everything you do is because you want to do it. So having a package that you're not happy with yeah. is pointless because it, it just ruins the whole point of being here. Hi Ricky, nice to see. You. How are you doing? Um, So yeah, and that's something that I had as well. I used to have a package that I didn't particularly enjoy doing, and I ended up getting rid of it and then tweaking the other packages to make my package I preferred most, the most uh, prominent and the most prolific one for people to actually uh, book uh, and to to make sure that people chose that package, because it's the one I wanted to do more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not that I hated doing it, it's just it was an an hour-long package for very small weddings. and. That yeah. doesn't really fit in with the type of clientele that I perform for anyway. And what it ended up being was not, it ended up being people trying to book it for 100 people, which I'd never get around 100 people in that time. So, you know, it's just like, you know what? I'm actually just going to knock that one on the head. Um, it was, because it, it, was it wasn't is... serving me. It wasn't serving yeah, me. And they're disappointed, me. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, The
0: client will be disappointed because they're expecting you to be able to get around 100 people in an hour, and that's just simply not something you're able to achieve.
1: I had a great line though. Yeah, go on. So, but I, I I say that you can get around about 60 people in an hour if you if you're going for it. You know, it's not going to be yeah. you're not going to be spending much time with those people, um, but you will be able to show 60 people magic in an hour. Yeah. So yeah. if someone said um, they had 80 guests, then I say. I tell them how many uh I can actually get round and say, So yeah, if you wanna go for that one, just let me know which twenty guests you don't want me to perform for and that'll be perfect. <laughs> and then they kind of yeah. obviously you've got to have like the right delivery and rapport and everything with that. But they kind of at that point they then realise that they they might as well just invest the extra however much it is to you know and that and that's a a great way of you know, we've gone over this before, but using your packages as a way of you know converting people so somebody's trying to go for the lowest package you say well okay that's absolutely fine but with this one you won't get this you won't get this you won't get this you won't get this, won't get this. but for just 200 pounds more you will get xyz and a and then all of a sudden it seems like they're already sold on that lower amount and just for the 200 pounds extra which doesn't feel like very much they're getting this is this and this so that's why that's why we recommend having packages and that's why you know structuring them in a really Clever way, rather than just throwing them together willy nilly, is um, something that we definitely advise doing. That's something we can actually go over on in, in the, the free course, which um, so you can find yes. at uk and then a more in-depth um, um, going over on the paid version of the uh, the packages section of that. Um, definitely. So,
0: what what else do you think we should be doing at this time of year then? If, uh, if not, rather than resting on laurels, what should we be getting up and doing?
1: Well, I, I do think that it is a good time to actually have some rest, which I do think is part of working. Um, so, I, you know, as much as we're saying, oh, don't rest on your laurels, but I do think it's important to incorporate rest and recuperation because wedding season is, is hard. I mean, I've done the whole wedding season with a slip disc. It's been like the worst four months of my life. It's been hell. But I had to cancel one wedding, and that's it, when I couldn't actually stand up. But so I'm planning on trying to rest and recuperate but having said that I've got a really busy October, November and December so you know but um, yeah I do think it's a time to you know have some me time or whatever you want to refer to it as um, but not just um, doing nothing actually taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture of your business looking at your goals, looking at where you want to be so you're not necessarily working on the business, but you're kind of being mindful of what's kind of occurring in and around the business, in and around the industry, and thinking about what those goals are going to be for the, the year that's coming up.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that is that's hi Dan, nice to see you. Uh, he says, "Howdy, how zookeepers
1: here." Because uh, uh how you doing, Dan? Dan is one of our wild <laughs> members, so that's why he's calling us zookeepers. Um, that's, yeah, so wedding we look after him. that's Wedding Industry Learning and Develop our membership program which is currently closed, you cannot get in at the moment um, but no. uh, it will be opening again at some point so um, go to weddingindustrywisdom.co.uk and um, you know sign up for our mailing list and we will let you know once it is open again we will, um, yeah I think resting is something that's really
0: important it's something we've both been guilty of not doing, I know we have I'm, I'm um, yeah, I I suck at it. I would work all day every day if I if I could. Um, I took my first proper holiday in about four years, five years the, earlier on this year, which some of you may well remember. Uh, we went to Disneyland, and I still took my laptop with me. Disney World, sorry, technically. Um, and I still took my laptop with me, and I still did a little bit of work. Um, even though I was supposed to be completely switched off because I'm, I'm just not very good at it. It's Something I am constantly trying to work on. And this, I think this is like the ideal time to be doing it because the inquiries are a little bit quieter generally for me anyway. What
1: at, this time um, what at this time of
0: year, at this time of year, they're a little bit quieter. Okay. That's interesting. Um, And then we go into January when most people, I think most of the wedding industry seem to think it's a good time to break. Um, It's like January, February, early March is what I tend to see most of my supplier friends taking time away. Tends to be when I'm getting the most amount of inquiries, is the most. That's the time I think I should be here more often, uh, so that I'm able to combat anything that I need to combat. So now is a good time to be taking a rest. If you are going to do that as well,
1: so what? The reason, yeah, another reason I think that it's important to be kind of present at uh, this time. Um, in regards of your advertising and being at wedding fairs and stuff like that, is I think that the summer months June, July, August we are well aware are when most weddings occur um so coming out of that, you have got all of these engaged people who have possibly attended weddings over the summer. And during the summer, they don't. I don't really feel like they do planning. I mean, I, this is my this is anecdotal. This is my experience. I don't get a lot of inquiries through June, July, and August. I obviously have some, and I take some bookings. But you know, if I don't get if I didn't get any inquiries, I'm not going to be panicking. But I think that once couples have been through their weddings for wedding season, they have then seen a whole bunch of new ideas. They've dismissed a whole bunch of other things that they were perhaps considering and realized they don't actually work very well. And then they come into kind of autumn, with this kind of new perspective on things. And maybe you know, I get a whole bunch of inquiries where people go, "Oh, hey, um, I uh, saw a magician at a wedding this summer, and I think it all work really well for my for my wedding." You know, and you know, quite often people won't even realize you can have a magician at your wedding. Then they'll see one, and then you know, when wedding, all the weddings are been and done, then they start thinking about what they're going to book, and that is quite often me
0: Yeah, and so Dan has commented there saying that he is taking a week off in mid-October, he's going to sit in a hot tub all week in Snowden Uh, he also likes my subliminal marketing with my giraffe up here for those uh, wild members, and we now have Sarah has joined us, she says we're currently muted, which I'm very disappointed about but um, I think we can accept it. I'm sure Sarah will pipe in uh, with something to say at some point. I'm sure.
1: Sourdough uh, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah.
0: For those of you who, Sourdough Sarah. For those of you who've been listening to the last couple of episodes, will know exactly who Sarah is. Um, so yeah, but is there anything else you kind of wanted to add on this topic before we moved on to something else?
1: Well, it's kind of overlapping into something we said we were going to talk about um, because yeah. I, yeah, I, I mentioned that it's a good time to be now talking about changing your prices or putting your prices up. Um, my, my prices are being tweaked, um, so I'm actually making a package cheaper, which is not something I've done before. Um,
0: Interesting. Yeah. Why are you doing that?
1: It's because of the... At the moment, all of my um, packages finish with 9.5 at the end, and I want them to finish with 50, and I... F- feel as if going up to the next 50, the conversion rate would drop off because um, it seems like too much compared to going down to the lower um, 50. So I'm, I'm dropping it by 45 rather than putting it up by 55, but to kind of counterbalance that and then adding a more expensive package on top of the whole thing, which right. is going to be more yeah. expensive than my current package. So that does that make sense? I think that the
0: Yeah, so it it is it's a value thing, is that you can you see the value being at that price rather than being at the next price band up. Which, um, but ultimately, it's to get people to book the a different package entirely. So hopefully, people will not even book the package you've now made cheaper. Uh, I guess is the theory anyway. Yeah, and
1: if they do book it, then I'm I'm still going to be delighted. I mean, I I think that the the the. Um... Gap between cheapest and most expensive now is um, just a little bit smaller, but the whole thing's shifted up a little bit. So it's it then yeah. it then puts people in the frame of mind of well, you know what? If I just pay this much more, then I can get all of this extra stuff, like kind of like what I was saying a minute ago. And then by the time people have invested like seven hundred quid, they think well. If for cost a, a few hundred pounds more, I might as well invest on that much um but you know these these are going to be well one of them is an entirely new package for me, so it is going to be a you know a slightly different sell on doing it in a slightly different way so you know it may be this is a complete mistake, but I do think you've you've got to tweak and test things within business um so i i have accidentally tangentially gone into something I was going to say a bit later. But i have to say it now, now because it seems like. Do a, it. Because um, don't, get a big head. don't get a big head. Okay. Okay. One of the reasons. Are you going to compliment me? No. It's not a compliment. Okay. One of the reasons I like oh. Jack. Oh. God. God. I, oh. I, I <laughs> felt really unwell. <laughs> oh, God. One of the reasons I like Jack, one of the reasons I think we work really well as a. Sorry business partners <laughs> god <gossip>, uh, <laughs> is that we have this we have a kind of two-way no bullshit relationship where if i'm working on something and i send it to jack jack will just tell me exactly what he thinks of it um which i've done a lot over the last 48 hours or so yeah um, I'm, I'm working on a brochure and jack said yeah it's fine apart from this and you know that this will be i might use in this something later on so i'm not going to mention it just, just yet but I, I mean i i think that it was it's one of these cases where what i did was okay it was kind of good enough but it wasn't good um and it's like well what you need and i think you need it to people need to develop slightly thicker skin Cause I, if I send if I send something over to Jack, say look, I'm working on my brochure at the moment. What do you think of this? I, I there's no benefit in Jack turning around and saying to me, oh, I think it's really good. If it's not, it doesn't benefit me and it doesn't benefit Jack. I'd much rather him just say, no, that's shit, Chris. Or you know, and yeah. um, and I think that's why we were, Because well, similarly, when because I've discussed these package changes with Jack, and Jack's gone, yeah, I think they'll work really well. Um, so it kind of and that's not just. And I know from Jack that's not just validation because validation doesn't get you anywhere. It's, you know, it's mm. c- completely purposeless. Um, it would be much better for him to say, no, actually, you're trying to charge too much for that or "You know, it doesn't make sense to do this or whatever because then it then evolves and grows and develops because what I'm now doing within my brochure that Jack said was rubbish now looks 20 times better and I'm getting new ideas of it all the time. Um, so I... I do think that when you're asking for people's opinion on stuff that you're doing within your business you need to be making sure that you're not just getting validation you are actually getting people giving you completely god's honest truth gospel opinions so
0: definitely it's um because if you keep if you keep hearing yes then it, and that looks good then nothing really happens nothing changes nothing develops and that's how um you know really rubbish people end up on the X factor and <laughs> Britain's Got Talent and stuff, is by pet friends and family just going, oh, yeah, you're really good at that. That's really good. Uh, When, in fact, they are beyond pants. So you need to make sure when you are asking for feedback from people is that, A, you can take any feedback they do give and make sure. And secondly is um, that you're asking people who will be able to give you honest feedback and will be able to give you constructive criticism rather than just saying, that looks great or that looks rubbish and not being able to give you a reason why. So that's that's really important. That's a really good uh, good thing to talk about, Chris. Um, I'm going to take us back ever so slightly unless you want to make a final point. Um,
1: yeah, I think that just to kind of reiterate this, I, I think that we like to feel like we are approachable and we do get a lot of people messaging us kind of in, individually saying, um, you know, asking for help, advice, tips, whatever. And you know, more often than not, we're very happy to do so. But if... When people say, "Oh, what do you think of this?" my my instant response is always, "Do you want my brutally honest answer?" Because mm. there's no, there's no if I think something's shit, I will tell you it's shit, um, and then back up why. I'll never just say, "Oh, I don't like it." You know, I'll always say, "I think this because this." You know, I don't like that yep. color because I think it looks cheap, or, you know, I, or it gives the wrong connotation, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just think that it's really, really important that you don't surround yourself with yes men. Um, you want to you make sure you're getting honest feedback. But, yes, please feel free to re- rewind us because I do think we yeah. were going to talk about so, price changes.
0: We were, yeah. So just to, to kind of finish that off, you will notice that on various different threads throughout the, the group, if you go back and you look through it, you will see us and uh, us having conversation with people and it may look like we're being arseholes But we're not. Most of the time it's because we are giving them the feedback they asked for. Um, Like we will be honest with you. And that's something we pride ourselves on is we're not just going to say, oh, that looks really good. We're going to say this bit looks good, but also this bit looks a bit crap. And this is why we will always back up. Why? And we will always be honest with you guys because we think that's really important. Um, So, yeah,
1: uh, uh, I'm I'm not sure where this comes from. Um, Nice and kind are two different things. Um, yes. So nice is a thing. Oh yes, that looks great. And sometimes the the, ki- the kind means ripping something to pieces and saying, you know, it looks like a pair of something I don't know, something awful. Looks like a pile of poo. Like yeah, a pile yeah. of poo awful. Or whatever. Um, so yeah, nice and kind is different things. So making sure you're you've got people who are being kind to you, not just nice.
0: Yes. So, um, yeah, we're going to go back to pricing now because most of you will know if you've been listening to our podcast or listening to our lives is that essentially we kind of go through what's happened during the week in the uh, in the group. Problem is, we went live on Wednesday last week. And so that means we've had less time for things to be going on in the group. Um, but we had a really interesting post. that got a couple of different comments about pricing increases. Uh, someone who doesn't work full-time, uh, a guy called Rob Sharp, who's not a full-time performer or magician, he's a magician as it happens, um, he, he does it just because he enjoys doing it and he does the odd one here and there. He was exhibiting at a couple of fairs, uh, wedding fairs, and uh, he ended up increasing his prices and he didn't lose any interest at all. So he was kind of asking about uh, what what people's opinions were on that, on increasing your prices um within you know it's, it, sorry i'm going a bit off topic there i don't really know where i was finishing with that you're, you're, so essentially he was asking about that was a crap sentence prices. it was i'm going to retract it pretend it never happened uh, essentially chris what are your thoughts on increasing prices and the best way to go about doing that
1: um just to change the number that you say to someone basically that's a fantastic answer shall we move on yeah I wa- this, okay. uh, I mean, I think this is going to divulge into a discussion about why we don't think you should put prices on any marketing marketing material. But um, I, I think that you know, in terms of changing your prices, all you do is just change the price. It, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. I mean, I think that, and we talk about this in the the free course and the paid course about you know initially when you're starting up. You don't really have an idea of what you want to charge. Now, presumably, you've got a very good idea of exactly how much a booking is going to cost you in terms of, you know, the bottom line expenses that need to be covered and then thinking about how much money you'd like to make on top of that. Um, And getting that marketing position correct doesn't revolve around the price to a certain extent because people will not book you because you're too expensive, but equally, people will not book you because you're too cheap. Um, I, you know, going back oh god, seven, six years, seven years, something like that. Um, I, I had an inquiry come through for performing at the Bahrain Grand Prix, um, and I was like super excited about it. Um, and I, li- I literally had no idea what to charge. I felt like I could go out there and do a decent job. Um, but I had no idea what to charge and I chucked a number at that I thought was sensible and probably since discovered I was probably probably had a zero missing from it. You know, it was. Um, well, you 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 came to me, didn't
0: you? Because, you know, I do that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, after you'd quoted and I said you hadn't quoted enough
1: for it. Yeah, I think I think I quoted something like five grand for the weekend. And you said that should have been more like 15 or 20 or something yeah. like that. Um, And, you know, they they probably didn't book me. Because I was only five grand now at that time five grand was a pretty hefty sum of money to, to me um, not saying it's not now but you know for for a, a single gig that was like wowzers um, but yeah it was it was it was too low people will and that's I'm, I know I realize that barring Grand Prix not a wedding but there are people who do directly associate quality with price I know they're not always intrinsically linked but for people who want to spend money they want to know they, they take security in that number being higher so yes and it's like um, yeah, watches
0: are a great example is that all watches without exception tell you what the time is Yeah. whether you spend £10 on a Casio watch or you spend you know, £250,000 on a really expensive uh, top of the range watch um, they do the same thing. Yep. They all tell the time. So you, it's just the way they go about telling that time and the way, you know, there's obviously differences within that, but essentially they do the same functional job. So, you know, I do magic. Chris also does magic, but we have very different pricing and different price points. And that's not through doing necessarily very different things. We, do, we have slight variations in what we do, but ultimately we're doing magic. But it's uh, it's everything that surrounds it that I think is is the important thing here. Mm. So you know you want to make sure if you are talking about going up in price and changing your pricing, even if it's only by you know, even if it's only by a couple of hundred pounds. So we always talk about this in the context of if you put your prices up by fifty pounds today, would you lose any bookings? Chances are probably not. Even if you put them up by a hundred pounds, the chances are no one's going to not book you because of that hundred pound difference. Um, yeah. So, it
1: depends on the level you're starting at, but yes.
0: Obviously, it depends, yeah. So, proportionally, for the majority of I think I think it in works in percentage,
1: people... better as a percentage. If you put them up 10%, you know, it would... Okay, if
0: you put them up 10%, the chances are you're not going to lose any any bookings. If you put them up 15%, you're probably not either. Uh, if when you start to get to 20%, 25%, you might, depending on where you sit in the marketplace, you might need to start thinking think about it. But when you're starting to increase your prices more than that, That's when you need to start thinking about changing your market and your target audience. That's the really important thing is that a lot of people will go, oh, well, you know, he charges 500 pounds more than I do. Why does he do that? I'm going to charge 500 pounds more than I do, uh, more than I currently do. And then not do anything else at all. They just put their prices up by 500 pounds and then never do anything else, and they end up just losing a load of bookings because they are still targeting the same people that were paying £500 less. They probably don't have the budget for that extra £500. So if you were to do that, you need to combine it with other things like perhaps changing your marketing a little bit, uh, refreshing your brand slightly, changing your designs, um, and also changing who you're targeting in your target market because those people who were paying your current prices probably won't pay the price at £500 more. Uh, so you're essentially, when you put your prices up dramatically, you're starting from scratch again to a certain extent because these new people will never have heard of you before. So you need to make sure that you have everything in place to essentially start from scratch in that new market.
1: Yeah. I think that if yeah if you are going to have a huge price change, then you need to be prepared to do some hard yards um, I think that if you're just doing a 10, 15, maybe 20 percent price increase, then you know, I think that is something you should be playing around with. I mean, I'm, the price that I charge at the moment for my well, until I'm about to change them, but the prices I was charging previously, they, they haven't just been plucked out of thin air. To a certain extent they have, because I was just but they haven't really, because I've tested 100 pounds more. And I've, I've tested a hundred pounds less. And what you you know, there's a, I think, conversion rate and price is a bit like a bell curve. Um, yeah. So yeah, hopefully you know what a bell curve is. If and I don't can't think of a way if you're just listening, it's a bit like a hump. Imagine that um, the conversion. It's a hill, isn't it? It's so a, it's a hill. It goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I'm just thinking from an entire, if you're from an entirely audio point of view. Um, yeah, if We're making the motion we're with our hands, with our hands which that. doesn't help you at all. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you imagine that the, your conversion rate is um, the y-axis uh, and the the yep. price is the x-axis. That's axis. the one going up. Yep. Uh, and x-axis X is the axis one going is, across. X is a cross, because across, see, that's how you remember it. That was good. That's nice. And, I like that. And y-fronts go down, you see. Um, that's how you do <laughs> that's a, rich, okay. a really re- really weak joke you must be tired to be laughing at that one um, but uh, yeah essentially it's, a, it's a, a hillock it's a bell curve and um, you want to position yourself at the absolute pinnacle well this is the, uh, there's an argument with this some would say you should be at the peak where conversion rate and, and price highs and some say you should be just a tiny bit to the left of that um
0: or a tiny bit to the
1: right of it. Or a tiny bit to the you right of it. You can argue it, it but, both ways. You, you, you want to be in that point. So my, I've tested like £100 more than I was charging before. I've tested £100 less. Um, at the £100 less, I got, lots of, I got too many bookings. I realise that that sounds like a weird thing to say, but you know, I had something stupid like 29 weddings in 60 days. You know, um, la- yeah, Across June and July last year. And I earned a lot of money, um, and that was great. But I was dead on my feet by the end, <laughs> by the end of yeah. July. And it's like, well, I could have actually done if I just put the prices up a bit more. I could have done, you know, five or six or seven less weddings and earned the same amount of money. So you know, experiment with your prices, and that's what that's one of the reasons that I don't think you should have your prices on your marketing here, And some people say, well, I don't think that so-and-so should get this uh, this price and then so-and-so down the road gets a different price. N- no one knows. And what people care about is not particularly what they've paid. They care about you doing a great job. So as long as you're doing a fantastic job for someone's wedding, they're not going to give a rat's something or other about what they've...
0: No, definitely pressed. not. I mean,
1: it's... If it's a grand difference, then maybe, but, you know, that's, a, like I said, that's an entirely different market you're going to be aiming at. If you're playing around with 50s, 100s, 150s, maybe even 200 pounds, it's not, it's not going to make that much difference to people. And just let's make clear, whenever you're no, telling someone a price, you're telling them that is the particular price for their, their wedding on that day, at that venue, at that time, or whatever else. It's bespoke yeah, exactly. for that exact like, moment in time, not for a different wedding on a different day.
0: Definitely, it's yeah, everything is bespoke. So you you know you can, you have that because a lot of us can only be in one place at one time, so you can only take one wedding. It allows us that flexibility to play around with pricing and justify it as every wedding is different, every time of year is different, every day is different. So you know you have that ability to play and not really worry yourself about the fact that they might talk to each other and go, oh, we only got it for 50 quid less or we got it for a hundred pounds more or, you know, all of those things don't go on Yeah. because first of all, they probably don't talk about it. Um, it's, I mean, I tend to notice that it only goes on when you're in the upper higher end, high, high end, because they kind of want to beat the Joneses, if you will. Yeah. So they kind of say, oh, well, he was X amount of pounds. So that's why he's so great. But, The majority of weddings, the majority of the time, they don't talk about that. It's just not something that's particularly interesting or bothers anyone. But if they do, you can justify it by saying this is Yeah. different time of year, different date, all of those things. Different year most of the time as well. So you don't have to worry about that at all. Yeah,
1: I mean, the one thing I would say about this is if you get an inquiry as a direct result of someone seeing your work at a particular wedding, then I I... Tend to operate a. I'll hold the price at whatever price they booked at because because uh, they will probably already know what the price is. Um, mm. Now you might say, well, what if that is a you know, what if they saw you on a Wednesday or whatever when it's cheaper, and now it's on Saturday. Well, the way you've got to think of it is, or I like to think of it is that the. Um, Cost cost per cost of acquisition for that particular uh, event is zero. Um, You know, it hasn't cost you any advertising, hasn't cost you any marketing or anything like that. Someone's just seen you do what you do, and then they want to book you. So, you know, your your profit margin on it is probably exactly the same as the gig that you did. So, you know, you've got to play the 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 longer game slightly on it sometimes. I think because otherwise that can be that isn't the time to charge more, because then they go, well, they paid that, why am I, and you can use the line, oh, it's different, but it's going to leave a slightly bitter taste in the mouth, I think.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, very Dan... good. So, Dan has yeah. a question question there. Uh, I'll quickly read it out for those of you who aren't watching live. Uh, do you ever mention about your deposit whilst mentioning price? Uh, I've started saying the pricing, then letting them know that that includes the deposit fee, kind of assume the price does anyway but I think letting them know can make it sound easier on the ears. Does that make sense? Probably not. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: nice, nice, uh, confident question there, Dan. Um, yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh,
0: it does. I understand where you're coming from. Um, so essentially you're, you're asking if when we're talking about price in the first instance, if we mention about the deposit, uh, Chris, do you want to take the lead on this one? Um... Because
1: I have a slightly different approach yeah so the the way that I do it is I let I don't want to muddle the process of people understanding how much I cost by mentioning deposits at the time when I'm talking about packages. I want them to understand fully exactly what um, you know the packages and what it costs and then from there and we, and we talk about this in a couple of the courses you, you kind of leave the once price has been mentioned you're kind of leaving the door open for them to then respond to that in some way um so they might respond then by saying is there a deposit to pay or you know how much is the deposit or how does it work in terms of you know do you want all the money up front um and then from there from there it's very simple to say it's a hundred pound deposit to secure the booking and the remaining balance is due the day before the wedding or whatever you know your terms are um i don't i think as soon as you mention too many numbers in a sales process people get can easily get confused if you say oh it's a 100 pound deposit and the total package is um 1000 uh, pounds they will then go so is that 1100 do i add the 100 to the 1000 or is it 100 off that um and it it creates a kind of little blip in the mind i think of people considering buying uh, a little road bump, if you will, that you don't want there. So I think that deposits should not come in the sales part; they should come in the closing part, which comes slightly after.
0: Yeah, I am inclined to agree with what you're saying. I think what's uh, what's really important is that they almost they bring it up. Mm. So they're asking how to how do we secure it? What happens here? How does it work? Because then you can just go, oh well, it's you know, hundred pound book, hundred pound booking fee uh, to confirm the booking, all that stuff, the rest is due whenever it's due. Um, A way you can, I mean I wouldn't do this, I've not done this, but it's something I've heard people talk about doing, would be to almost use it as an opportunity to secure the sale at a wedding fair. So if you've got someone who is on the verge of booking and you've talked about pricing, you and that they're kind of on the edge they're not quite there but you know they are you know they're the right client they should be booking you all of that kind of stuff is you could talk about almost sell them on the deposit and not sell them on the full fee yeah so if your full package is 1000 pounds and you need to take a booking fee of 100 pounds today then ultimately you just need to sell them on the 100 pounds and not on the uh, 1000 pounds so that, uh, hopefully that makes some sense. So you just go well. It's you know it's just hundred pounds to confirm the booking today, and that's everything sorted until the day before the wedding. All that kind of stuff you can talk about. To be a little bit controversial, and I will have to repeat this in a second because Chris has just had to go. Um, I have the option, and most people tend to pay me. Uh, so most people, sorry, most people tend to pay me in full upfront at the time of the booking. So that's what I tend to do. Um, which is a little bit different. So I, that's why I'm not an expert in this, is why I kind of let Chris take the lead on that. Um, but hopefully he's made sense and I've given you something to think about there as well, uh, depending on how you want to go about that, Dan.
1: Yeah. Um, and if you're not sure, then message one of us and we'll be able to help you out with that. I mean, was there, was there anything else we wanted to cover today? or? Are you...
0: um, I don't think so. I think that was kind of all that's really gone on in the... Uh, in the group this week, uh, we could, yeah, I think that's about it. We can talk about other stuff. Maybe perhaps next week you've got a new thing you want to talk about, uh, but you need to do some research. and You need Well, I just I just had well. it
1: forwarded to me um, just at, literally as we went live, and I had a, I opened the web page I got sent, and I was like, I need to have a read for it, so I'll forward that to you. Um, so yeah, so if there's, an, I'll leave it open for any questions just while we wrap this up. So if you want to get any further information about letting your business grow and thrive and all those wonderful things you want for your wedding business, then head over to weddingindustrywisdom.co.uk and find out about all of our uh, courses, our audits. our. Um, you can find out a little bit about membership, but it is closed at the moment. Um, that's all over at weddingindustrywisdom.co.uk. Um, anything else to add, Jack?
0: No, nope, that's about it. Yeah, we... Uh... We'll be back the same time next week. Well, we we'll sh- should be back at 7 next week, uh, next Monday for you guys, for your live. And we look forward to uh, seeing you all there.
1: Okay. Thanks for watching, and I'll uh, see you for a video next time. Bye. Bye.